Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans, for Leicester City fans. We've got a full house tonight and we're also joined by ex-Leicester City player Matt Piper. Steve, you're with us up in Aberdeenshire. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Missing the club football during this international break. I know, it's been a while. Club over country, Tom, or country over club for you? Which do you prefer? Oh God, uh, club, club over country every time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think we're having that. Sorry, mate. I I feel like it's been a hell of a long time since we've properly seen some football because, as you know, I couldn't make it to the uh, the Brentford game. So, I know, shocking. I know, not not women before football on that occasion, wasn't it? Family before football, yeah. Family before, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) As I think you were the opposite side of that contingent, which is surprising, being Scottish. But uh, you you prefer you prefer country to to club. I would absolutely love it in my lifetime if we won something for sure. With Villa, we will win things. It just doesn't look ever likely that Scotland will. So if Scotland could, that'd be amazing. We're not going to be giving it the Villa big licks tonight, are we? Because I've seen that floating around social media that you're going to sign Mbappe and. Oh, what a and all the rest of it. <laughs> I was cringing when I saw that. What a horrible tweet! That guy. He's he's obviously like a fake fake news, isn't he? Yeah. What a, what an yeah. idiot! It's uh, it's been a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, Aiden, it's great to have you back with us. It's been a little while, I think. Uh, yeah, not that not that long. Like I was on the the show with Pontus Camark. Oh yeah. <clears throat> beginning of beginning of the month. Um, I'd say I'd be a club over country man as well. I'm not sure if you're going to ask me, but i um, got a ticket for Windsor Park tomorrow night, however. I will be supporting my country. We've got Hungary in an international friendly. Um, you can keep an eye on Johnny Evans for us. I will indeed. I will, absolutely. Yeah, he, he was a surprise addition to the squad. Um, but I will if he makes it, if he plays. And there's still a question mark over whether or not he'll play. 
Um, I think our bit of pride was was maybe having a hand in Italy missing out um, on the on the World Cup. Um, they came to yeah, Belfast in so. November, needing a win to secure qualification, and they only drew nil nil with us. And obviously, you, you see what happened against North Macedonia. So, yeah, big shock that was, wasn't it? And we're, of course, joined tonight by our very first guest in the podcast. Uh, Forty three episodes again now, but Matt Piper, it's great to have you back with us. How have you been keeping? I've been keeping very well. I've been uh, keeping an eye on the podcast as it's grown and developed. And it's good to be it's good to be back on. I didn't realise I was the first episode though. Yeah, you were the first one that replied to me back in the day. There, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you were the first one we wanted. Obviously, that's what I meant. But, um, no, you, you're the first one that came back, and uh, I remember being very nervous uh, ahead of uh, filming that. You, you were very kind to me as we as we went through the episode. So thanks very much for that. But how's uh, how's the academy? How's the book? How's life? Yeah, I mean, really good. I mean. Club over country. I'm club over country until it comes to major tournaments. Mm. And then, obviously, I get invested like everyone else does. Get behind England, thinking we're going to win something, and it never materialises. But this one at the weekend, for instance, I didn't even watch it. Um, Because I'm always on the road doing doing the away games or down at the Leicester games with the radio, I'm... I give myself a nice little break on international duty. Um, so I've been enjoying the kids, the missus, the wife. Um, the missus and, and the wife. Two people. Did I say the Don't worry, I've got the door shut. She's not in earshot, so we're all right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, just enjoying, enjoying family and... The FSD, since last time I was on, uh, has grown again. So it constantly keeps growing little by little. And the message is getting out there with the youngsters um, from the inner cities of Leicester that we try and help them. We put them on a pathway. Um, and that's my big passion, really. You know, I love football um, and I am a coach, but I don't coach at the FSD anymore. It's all more the enrichment with students and the pathways that we can try and create for them so that's yeah i think you you were just taking your boy on uh, last time we, we spoke is he working for you now is he in there uh, and be a part of the the future of fsd yeah i think so i've just changed my will to make sure that when <laughs> i move on he gets my half of the business um because he's put his year in of apprenticeship and he's done really well so all this sort of design work and marketing that we do at the fsd he does all that. So, yeah, he's doing well. He's enjoying it. Um, and it's another one of them. I always say this to the staff there. I don't want to bore you about FSD too much, but I always say to the staff there, it's important that they find their pathway as well because we've got 11 um, employees now and six of them are, you know, between the ages of 18 and 23. So it's important to us that their pathways are is are as important really as the kids that we're trying to find pathways for 16 to 19 year olds so it's an environment where we try and develop everyone that comes through the building really yeah 
And uh, we had Joe Bruin on the show a few weeks ago and he wrote your book, Neil. Uh, he helps write your book, should I say, uh, Out of the Darkness. That's had some, some fantastic success, hasn't it? And how difficult was that for you to really dig into those sort of dark times of your life to, to, to get that down on paper? Yeah, not difficult at all. I mean, he's a great lad. I mean, we started just before lockdown. So he'd come around my house and he'd get attacked by my little French bulldog. My French bulldog didn't like him. I really liked Joe, but the French bulldog was not having him. He was just ragging his legs all over the place when he came <laughs> in the house. And then we went to this kind of medium to sort of get the book finished so that we'd do the sessions where, you know, Joe would pose a question and then like I normally do, I'd go off on a tangent and like go down lots of different pathways of stories that one was linked to another and... So it must have been quite a bit of a nightmare for him trying to get the information that he was looking for to write the book and certain stories in it. Um, but it, we got there in the end. And I say this and it seems a bit corny, but it's the truth. We became really good friends throughout that process. I think that happens naturally because I'm obviously, you know, relaying all these stories and he's starting to see, um, you know, the book unfold. It, in front of his eyes while he's hearing it. Um, some things he didn't like, some things he liked. Um, and then he'll hit me back with a story that was similar to his upbringing and life. So you become really close really quickly, I think, because we've got similar personalities and he's a he's a great lad. It's available on paperback, or what do you call it, paper copy now, isn't it? As well as yeah. it's hardback, yeah. Softback. Uh, which is, <laughs> softback. <laughs> Speaking of softbacks, that brings us on to our defence. Now, we're not like that anymore. <laughs> one, one final thing before we move on from that. If you're talking about Wills, Baz, you're the man now, aren't you? Because you're going to be working as, as part of an undertaker's going forward. So if you need, okay. if you, you know, if you need any support with that, give our man Baz a shout. <laughs> I'd never be buried by an Aston Villa fan. God, please. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, pe- I'd beat your Croft from Claret and Blue, for sure. <laughs> Just don't the, the move player... to booking, Matt. You'll be all right. The, uh, the players are going to put you in the ground, aren't they, Buzz? Just to let you down one last time. Oh. Yeah, that's a horrible dad joke, that, isn't it? We'll move, yeah. we'll move on. I, I guess you couldn't really resonate what Matt was saying there, Barry, about you know not really getting into your country until they're in a major tournament because uh, it's been a while, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, we're in the last one, remember? So. Well, what's the situation now then? Because you've got, got to play the Ukraine, haven't you? Um, and obviously they 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 postponed the game. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they haven't really sort of determined what that that's going to be. Um, uh, I think no, do they not technically have to play? Wales, and then we play the winner of that. I think, is that what it is? I no, Wales have already won, haven't they? I think it was you first, and then the winner of you and Ukraine play Wales. Oh, I beg your pardon. Um, oh, well, yeah, if that's the case, then I, I don't know when they're going to figure that out. Um, we'll, just have, we'll just have to wait. Like We, we can't attempt it anytime soon, can we? I'm talking about June, so. they? I heard it was, they were hoping to play the, the match in June. What are you eating tonight? Root, what is this? Chicken dinner, the chicken dinner. Oh, my words. Right, anyway, <laughs> we're going to discuss Manchester United away uh, to start. It's been a few weeks since we've had a show, so it'll be a good idea to look ahead rather than behind. Steve, what's your thoughts on Man United so far this season? 
They've been bang average for the squad they've got, haven't they, I think? Underperformed for the squad they've got. Obviously, they're doing okay-ish. I think they'll struggle to make the top four, They'll be, uh, which would be a huge disappointment. And strange move to go for a temporary manager, I think. Um, it's not really done them a lot of good. Um, yeah, so if you think of all the money they spent, all the talent they've got, they should be doing a lot better than what they are. Yeah, they have spent an awful lot of money in recent seasons as well. Six on the table, Tom, at the minute, Manchester United. As Steve said, they've been average. Does that make it even more painful for us as Leicester fans, knowing that sides that have been that poor at points are still so far ahead? Yeah, but I think, as, as Steve said, you know, some of, the, some of those players that they've got can change a game, and that's where they have picked up the points recently. Um, you know, Ronaldo's banging in hat-tricks that you you don't expect on a game where they're not looking so good. So um, it's just going to be one of those sort of 50-50 games for us, isn't it, really? Would you have uh, our sort of chances that high, Matt, when you go in there? on Presumably you're in the commentary box on, on Saturday. You must be looking forward to that. Yeah, well, I'm not because the, the Man United commentary box is one of the worst in the league. I think it was a it was an old story that because Ferguson hated the press, um, he had. I, I think it's a true story. This is what Stringer told me anyway. Ian Stringer, because he hated the press and he didn't get on with so many people in the press that he decided to change the commentary box to literally you can just fit your knees in to the person <laughs> next to you. Um, so it's a really awkward commentary position, commentary box. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think Leicester have picked up recently. I really do. You know, some of the people that have, some of the players that have come back in to to the manager's, you know, squad and 11, James Justin has hit the ground running, which for someone that had a very similar injury to what he had, to be back at that level so quickly is incredible. Um, for Farno. I, I think he's going to be a world-class uh, defender. I know he's only young, but someone like him coming back in, KDH, the season that he's had. Um, so I think there's lots of positives. Um, I know we lost the game away at Wren, but that was a, I thought that was a huge performance to go through that tie because I think a lot of the other sides would have crumbled under that pressure that they were put under. Um, so I think it's been a bit of a turning point in the season and I'm looking forward to the running and there would be no better start to the running than smashing Man United in their uh, in their own back garden. I'm not you've said that anyway. Barry, your your team have already beaten them there this season, haven't they, if I remember rightly? Was it 1-0? Uh, no, um, yeah, sorry, we met them there, yeah, and then they beat us in the cup and then we drew uh, Villa Park. And each each game we should have won, like each one we should have won. Uh, they were they were poor. Um, they're there to be had um, with Ronaldo or without. I think um, for fan, yeah, for fan, like Matt said, I think for fan being back is huge. I think your midfield will um, absolutely overpower them, and I think whoever you have up front, whoever that is, one of the three will get that back for no problem. I I, I actually see it being a big scoreline. I could see Leicester winning pretty convincingly. That's a huge statement, that is, isn't it, from someone that isn't particularly invested in Leicester City as a, as a you know Villa fan. So, how do we get at them if that's the case? Where do you see that game being won? Um, I think midfield and uh, getting at their defence, whatever the combination is. I think um, 
Maguire just looks shot as hell just now. Um, Lindelof, Lindelof isn't, he's not a Premier League defender for me. Um, Luke Shaw is decent, fair enough. Juan uh, Bissaka, he can have a good game. He, he has them in them, but I don't know. I think if you get on them early, high press, get Madison on the ball, get Barnes running at Juan Bissaka, uh, uh, they'll be terrified. And and they'll I think they'll bypass their own midfield. They did that against us. They resorted to sort of long ball and Fernandez couldn't get on it. Um like Rashford's absolutely garbage just now, just cut short confidence. I just I just don't think just they are. Jinxed it there, Buzz. Definitely jinxed no, but, but, but the thing is, I think I think they, they went for the temporary manager. They they must have went that because they've got someone else lined up. Like they had they had that was just a stopgap. But at the same time, like the their culture there needs to be coached out and worked out over years and it needs to be the right guy who's, who's, going to, who's going to have patience to do it and every manager prior other than maybe Louis van Gaal had that patience to do it hasn't had that patience sorry and it needs to be someone like a Conte or a Pochettino or because it's not about controlling egos it's a whole different setup in Man United they need to get rid of the, the garbage and big, and big names get rid of big big names they've got a decent squad and decent youngsters there like they could easily filter that in over a period of time and buy the right players but they need to get to a point where they need to be more devious and ruthless with signings like Ferguson used to be like he used to get players for bargains and they were still the same powerhouses they are now inflation or not Man United need to start saying no to 80 million 30 million players and that they need they totally need to change it from the top down I think uh, a manager they've been linked with, Aidan, was uh, Eric, is it Ten Hag at Ajax? Uh, and Louis van Gaal's come out today and said, look, you either choose a, a club based on its football or you choose it based on its commercial um, success. So presumably that's a little, little bit of a dig at Manchester United. Yeah, I saw that, that he's come back and, and he's, he said, um, he's actually advised them not to not to move there um, because they are a commercial club. Um, he says, I'm not, I'm going, not going to advise Eric he called me himself, but he must choose a football club and not a commercial club. So, um, Gary Neville visited Belfast recently um, on, a, on a road show. You know, one of these ones that you go along and get stuff signed. And, and so he was there just last week and uh, a few Manchester United supporting friends of mine went along and, and said it was an interesting night. Gary Neville's got good good opinions. You, you see that in Sky Sports. Um, but he kind of, my friend, left quite depressed, you know, because Gary Neville just went into how far behind Manchester United are compared to Liverpool and Manchester City um, and just that gap that they have to make up um, and perhaps that's a bit what Louis van Gaal is kind of getting at you know are you going to be allow someone to come in and do that long term work um, of getting them getting them back or, or even medium term work um, but be happy to, to turn down the commercial signings and the flashy signings and, and get about your job building everything on a very footballing basis um, or not, you know, um, Gary Neville, his his man for the job is uh, Pochettino. He he was saying last week that um, he definitely thinks Pochettino should be the next manager. Um, but yeah, there's there's big work to be done, and it's it's it is hard for those Manchester United fans who have been so used to success to to be in such an extended kind of period of, of drought. Um, in terms of challenging for for the Premier League, challenging for Champions League. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It sort of says everything, doesn't it? That, you know, we sit here a few days before a game away at Manchester United. Actually, we quite fancy it. Um, Matt, I'm going to come back to you and talk about a player that Barry mentioned earlier, Harvey Barnes. You were a winger, Harvey Barnes as a winger. That sort of challenge away at Manchester United. How impressed have you been by him this season? And what damage do you think he can do? Yeah, I mean, massively impressed with Harvey. Harvey used to be in my... So I was a coach at Leicester, under-11s, under-12s, under-13s, I think. And Harvey was in was in those teams. Um, played more of a centre midfielder then, actually. Um, or up front or in the number 10 position was really good on his back foot was always speedier but sort of broke into the box from midfield but you know since he's since he's been playing on the wing especially that left channel and Mm. what I say on the radio is when Harvey Barnes is on because I used to be a similar player if if I started the game well Mm. I usually went on to have a really good game if I started quite slowly and a little bit lethargic what sometimes Harvey Barnes can do he never really sort of gets himself into games and can sort of go missing a little bit. But that'll come as he gets older, I think, with a little more consistency. And, and the other big thing I've got with Harvey Barnes is when it's when he's up against pace, like real pace, so Kyle Walker, he's always struggled against. He's sort of not backed his own pace to try and take to try and take the race with um with the fullback. And Wambasaka is one of them fullbacks. You know, really good in a 1v1. We'll show you the line. We'll give you the line and say, go on, try and beat me if you can. And sometimes I, I think for the development of Harvey and his game, listen, Harvey Barnes is a better winger than I used to be. I'll make that fact right now. But I just think he should back himself more often um, and take that race with some of these, you know, really quick fullbacks. And that's, that's where I see his development, a little more consistency and playing top-level football against some of the top-level fullbacks. And I think he'll be back in the England team because he offers, I think he offers a, a lot of different attributes to what some of the the other sort of left-wingers that Gareth Southgate's used in that, in that position. They're sort of drop the shoulder, come back inside, the possession-based football, he can hurt you. If he gets on the wrong side of you, he can run away from you and he can finish. So, and I don't think we've got that in the England team. I don't think... That's from a, that's from a standing start quite often as well, isn't it? He's blistering, isn't he, from, from nowhere. Um, yes, and arguably he only plays like that. If you watch his game closely, he only plays like that when he starts the game well. If he's in confident mood, he sort of builds throughout the, the performance. Um, but if he starts a little slowly or he loses the first few um, one-on-ones with the defender he's against, I think it hurts his confidence a little bit and he sort of goes into his shell. Mm-hmm. Is that one of his challenges as well, Matt? That <clears throat> Because he can use his pace to get past people, he doesn't often rely on his trickery and maybe is not quite so confident to beat someone that's that's got the pace by sending them one way and then the other and and finding a way through. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why 
you know, it, sometimes it's hard to criticise it because I'm criticising him and I, I used to play that position and I know when you come up against the top fullback how difficult it is. But the reason why I criticise him is because I think his game is that good. You know, I probably wouldn't get after him as much if he was just a pace merchant like I was. You know, kick it on the outside and just try and run. That's I was... a little bit harsher on yourself, Matt. I saw you no. play back in the day. That was... You, you were the, the leading light in a otherwise pretty rancid team at that time. No offence to your teammates. <laughs> no, but I, I think what you need to take into account is that's probably why I was a leading light. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you could run. <laughs> <laughs> the team were not performing so well. Um, but yeah, I think he's got a lot more to his game. Um, and I think, you know, I like him when he comes on the inside. I mean, that one-two the sort of um, triangles that he plays with, especially uh, Ian Acho, the one where mm. he comes inside, he shows the ball to the, the defender. The defender sort of sticks a leg out to try and take it. And he just does that quick one-two around uh, around the fullbacks. He's used that really well lately. Um, mm. I just, I'm looking forward to the game at the weekend. I just really want him to come out in confident mood and have a real go at Wan-Bissaka um, because I think he can get the better of him. Well, well, we'll find out in a few days' time. Tom, another person that we're talking about England call-ups. For me, Harvey Barnes should be in that squad, like, like Matt just said. I couldn't yeah. believe that James Madison wasn't in the squad. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? No, I know you've, you've not been too happy about that recently. Um, well, I suppose he can't be going off recent form, can he? Um, I think Southgate, he's, he's had his uh, favourites out there for for two or three years now, hasn't he? And the Leicester lads have, have really struggled to get anywhere near the team, to be honest. Um, and obviously with, with Madison being out for so long, it probably didn't really do him any favours uh, at, the, at the back end of last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen him come back and he's starting to find his groove again, push forward. Um, he's often the player in midfield that... that that does get us moving forward when we've we've had the odd game where we've struggled to break through the lines. Um, and yeah, bagging goals as well. If you look at the stats, Barry, I know stats don't tell everything at all, but if you look at Grealish versus Madison this season, there's no comparison really. That debate swung back in the other favour a little bit, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And I, th- I, think, um, I think a couple of podcasts back, I don't know if it was in February or even January we were talking about it and I think we were talking about them naming the England squad and um, I said that Barnes would be the only one that was really in with a shout. I don't think Madison had done enough at that point. But he certainly has now. I was quite shocked he wasn't in, in, in there. But I think it is because he, he doesn't like that one behind. And I don't know if he's got the confidence in Madison to play in a sort of flat three or even like a two behind. He, I, I, I think Southgate. I think it's an attitude thing. It took Southgate so long to pick Grealish because of I think what he's perceived as out with football. Um, and Madison's had his his moments out with. So yeah, and plus Southgate's a bloody hypocrite. He contradicts himself all the time. Um, like that, they, England were poor the other night, and the the players were poor. Well, and and and, and what, what's the motivation for people to play for that country anymore? I'm not trying to have a dig. I just like, what is the motivation for playing for England if he clearly doesn't go in form when he says he does? Because uh, mm-hmm. talking of Villa, how is Andre Conza not in that squad? 
when yeah. you look at the back Top of the centre halves. Yeah, I just don't get it. He's just he's just a bit of an empty, and I think the sooner I'm going to get rid of him, the better. Do you think, uh, Aidan, that James Madison will go back and and that will sort of stoke the fire a little bit more for him? I hope so. Um, I mean, we do do you need to remember that at times this season we've and he and he has been dropped. You know, he he hasn't had a great season from the beginning, but of course his form has has really swung as as we've said back in that in that direction. Um, and very positive. His form is very positive. He's he's been putting out some top performances. Um, so, you know, World, a World Cup year. Hopefully, that's you know that that will fire him up to, to have another go and, and make it harder for for Southgate to consider leaving him out of the, the squad. Maybe he needs to start scoring some tappings, Matt, because he definitely doesn't, does he? I think his stat now is that he scored the most amount of goals from outside the area, along with James Ward Prowse. Well, no, more than James Ward Prowse, but the same amount of free kicks as him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since he started his, his career in the Premier League, he's got some right foot on him, hasn't he? He has. I mean, uh, similar to Barnes, I think he offers something different than some of the other ones that, that Southgate's bringing in, in that position. The one that he should have got in this squad for this time is Smith Rowe. Listen, I, yeah. I like Smith Rowe, but he's not he's not played consistently under Arteta. Um, Madison's been playing consistently and he's been scoring consistently and some, you know, world-class goals as well. He can strike from distance. Out of all those guys, I like Mason Mount. Like, Mason Mount's the, the type of player that I really like. He's got high energy. He's, he's good on the ball. He can run in behind. He can, he, he's got a lot to his game, I think. It'd be a nightmare to play against. That's sort of how I judge it at times. But what Madison has got that a lot of the others haven't got is receiving it in them pockets on his back foot and being able to go both ways. He can score from distance. Um, he's, he's passing and in that final third, he's really strong. He should, he should have been in the squad this time, but he's a top player for me, James Madison. And I think, to answer your question, it will stoke his fires. I don't think he likes being... You know, left out his club team, left out of internationals. He wants to, you know, have that swagger about his game and about his life, really. And to do that, you've got to be playing international football. Yeah. The the famous quote, of course, from Madison, Aidan, is, my teacher told me one in a million, we're going to make it as a footballer. I'm the one. <laughs> it's like a bit of confidence, that lad, doesn't he? No, yeah. I'm not sure of it. I, I kind of agree with Barry, though. You know, Southgate doesn't like playing a number 10. But these friendlies were the the chance to see if he could play in a diff, slightly different system. And uh, he is the form player, really, isn't he? So I think he should have been given a chance. But you know what I think of Southgate? I'm not his biggest fan, despite our relative success. Well, we'll move on from that a little bit. The last time out at Old Trafford, we did this. Here's Tielemans, Tielemans, and there's a great volley. Thomas was coming in, and he volleys into the top corner. A tremendous strike from the teenager. So that was a 2-1 victory at Old Trafford last season. Um, first of all, Matt, what a goal for Luke Thomas that day on the volley. Do you think it'd be a bit gutted that there was no fans in for that? I think you can imagine that ball coming over to him. Old Trafford on the volley, into the back of the net, off the post. And uh, he's only got his teammates to celebrate with. Yeah, it would have been. 
I think I felt gutted for him at the time. I tried my best to, you know, cheer and shout and scream from where I was sitting. So <laughs> but that was an unbelievable finish. I remember when it came over, it was coming over and he was sort of running in like he was going to try and, you know, make contact to try and send it towards goal. And I thought, what is this lad doing? Luke Thomas. Like, I think Luke Thomas is a really good player. I think he's great. But sort of the angle that he was coming in at, and I had never seen him do anything like that before. When he was shaping to shoot, I thought, what's this kid doing? And then to pull that out and stick it in the far top corner was, was unbelievable. And, I, you know, I, I didn't coach Luke Thomas, but I really liked Luke Thomas. You know, I asked a lot of people about him down the training ground. You know, obviously you can see by his interviews, a really humble young man. Uh, like most of the boys that are coming through at the minute, actually, KDH is the same, but, you know, really quite quiet and timid and quite shy uh, in the way that he is. But he's not like that on the football pitch. You know, he smashes into tackles. He's good on the ball. Um, I really like him. And I think he's took his chance brilliantly in under Brendan Rodgers. It would be uh, remiss of me not really to ask this question when we've got you, but as a Leicester lad yourself, having played for your hometown club, how much pride does it fill you with now when you look at that team sheet? The left-hand side in particular recently has been, uh, you know, uh, Thomas, KDH and the, and the Harvey Barnes, Hamza Chowdhury is there or thereabouts. We've got all this other talent that's sort of brimming just underneath that as well. The future's bright, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, it is. Um... I went to the training ground for the first time the other day. Have you been there yet, anyone? No, we're still waiting for an invite. Yeah, well, so was I. And I only I, I backdoored my invite because my <laughs> boy plays for Burton and they were playing Leicester. So I sort of backdoored my way yeah. in. Um, and I went for a, a sort of a look round and it, it is, you know, next level, unbelievable. Um, and some of the talent coming through I'm really excited about as well and you know I grabbed a couple of the coaches while I was down there because they were working there when I was there and they're re they are really excited about another three or four that they think could be first 11 players um, in the next three to four years they think I think you've seen some of them and you heard some of them we're talking then Matt uh, Will Alves Will Alves yeah. yeah he's a big one Baller. Yeah, he went my he went my kids' school and they were coming home rabbiting on about how good he is. Um, and I know his dad actually, so I've seen Will before, but he is, you know, a top player. Um, Danny, his dad. Yeah, nice guy. Danny really Alves. Nice <laughs> Danny, Danny <Elvis>. oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm bad jokes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're excited. Well, who else was that one? They're excited about a, a few down there. Obviously, we've seen some of the others as well, Brunt. Um, but I'm talking, my lad played against the under-13s um, and there was an under-14s game going on at the time. And the coach that I was talking to was saying that there's three or four in that team that they're really excited about as well. So it's not just yeah. you know, players that are 16, 17, 18 and in the youth team, it's players that are a little lower as well. Um, so obviously you need to see how their development goes of course you can't get too excited too early but with that amount of talent and the talent that the club can bring in now with the draw of that training ground because if you're a kid in the Midlands and you get took to that training ground and you've got a choice of a few different places uh, I'm imagining that place is coming right near the top 
because of the yeah. structure that they've got now. Well, we don't want anyone going to Nottingham, especially. Steve, can you ever remember a time when it was quite like this for the uh, for the youth coming through? No, when I, when I first started going in the early 70s, we'd have a lot more local people coming through because that was the way of football, you know, and uh, people didn't scout all over the place. It tended to be very much local and then you'd sign some experience from somewhere else. So the, in those days, there were there were more local players playing for Leicester, but but um, can't remember many superstars. Obviously, there was Shilton, there was Lineker, there was Graham Cross, still got the most uh, appearances. There was uh, cricket black, for Leicester. Black and white telly. <laughs> yeah, all those. Uh, yeah, but there was even in those days. I mean, Bloomfield signed a whole load of people from London clubs. You know, uh, Weller, Samuels, Birchnall. Even though Birch is a Nottingham lad, um, and obviously Worthington from Huddersfield and whatever. But um, so I, I think we went through a period where there weren't many coming through. I think that's why we were all excited when you came through, Matt. There wasn't a lot um, of youth products coming through into the first team even even when we were bouncing between the old division one division two so um it's great to see it as it is now i think because it's tough for them not many are going to get a, a debut without going out on loan a few times first are they no i've teased you sorry Matt, you carry on well no because that's an important point because you know when i the the last time there was a glut uh, as much as there is now, I think was in 2002 when I came in. So there was me, John Stevenson, John yeah. Stevenson, Martin Rees, Matt Heath, Jordan Stewart, um, John Ashton. So there was about six or seven that all came through at once. Granted, the first team weren't doing very well. Um, so so the manager was trying trying new things and, and some of the youngsters. But the point Steve makes about going out on loan is an important one. I think if you look at the rise of Harvey Barnes, he had two really successful loan moves where he played a lot of football. And I've always said you learn so much, you know, playing football that sort of matters, really. You know, you've got the under-23s and even the youngsters nowadays. No one likes to hear it, but it is tossed off a little bit. I mean, you're trying your best, but some of the players you're playing against and not putting it all in. You've got people coming back from injury that are taking it easy. So you can't really test your level. So football where it matters, even if it's League One or League Two, is really important. KDH has gone out and done the same. He was amazing at Luton last year. He wouldn't be the player he is now if he didn't go out on, on loan and play all those games. The same with me. I went to Mansfield and lost a couple of teeth in the first game. Got elbowed in the face. Some geezers stepped over me and gone, you're not in the Premier League now, you little expletive. So, do you know what I mean? And it, it makes you grow up so quickly. Um, the school of hard knocks. It is. That's exactly what it is. And what, where I think Leicester could be a little bit more front-footed in that way is send them out a little earlier. I would. Mm. I mean, I went mm. out at 19... Harvey Bonds went out similar time, KDH a little later. Um, but there's actually just a glut of players that have left the club, 21, 22-year-olds um, that didn't go out on loan uh, until they were way into their 20s. I think the club could send them out a little sooner. 
Mm. Well, speaking of players going out, that takes me on to our little quiz that I've got tonight, last man standing. So we'll go around and ask you all one by one uh, this question. And the question tonight is going to be based around your departure from the club, actually, Matt, um, when you left for Sunderland. Um, I'm on the transfer market website. It says that you left for 4.73 million. I thought it was three and a half. Yeah. Start. <laughs> yeah. So don't don't trust my data is what I'm saying to you. But on here, on this faulty website, uh, I've got 20, the top 25 players' fees that Leicester have received um, for players. And it's since the, well, they're, they're all of the Premier League and Championship era. Um, and I'll start with you, Barry, if that's all right tonight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've only got one, Harry Maguire. Yes, 78.3 million, it says here. 80 million or a trading ground, depending on which uh, currency. Bargain, wasn't using. it? Bargain. <laughs> Absolute bargain, yeah. I feel a bit sorry for Do you not feel a bit sorry for him, mate? I do, I do. Yeah. He Aiden, wasn't bad nice for us, get... was he? No, Aiden, it's not nice to get booed and taken the mick out the whole time, is it? <laughs> no, I can speak from experience mm. in this podcast, no. <laughs> I am the Raymond Food Golf Champion, though, so... Sorry. You are the reigning champion. Yeah. Matt, I'll come to you next. Um, Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, number two on the list. £61 million pounds back in 1819. Tom, over to you. Um, you go drink water. Yeah, number four on the list. A bargain at £34.1 million. Pounds according to this dodgy website. This is going loads better than any of the recent games I've had, by the way. Normally, no one gets one right, and I look like a right. <laughs> Steve, over to you. I'll go for... Um, well, you know the earth is 75% covered by sea and 25% by N'Golo Kante. <laughs> I thought you were going to say by Gokken Inle or something then. But no. yeah, Kante's <laughs> right. 32.2 million. Barry, back over to you. Uh, chill well. Yes, number three on the list. 45.18 million, this says. I think it was probably a little bit more than that. Matt, back to you. Pesky. Yeah, I actually cried when he left. I remember it really well. I was only 24. No, I wasn't 24. Um, he <laughs> was a 1999-2000. He was my proper hero, Emil Heskey. And uh, yeah, when he left, it was a sad moment. Did you play with him? Uh, I didn't. No, I was his boot boy. Were you really? Yeah, I was Emil's boot boy, yeah. Um, Emil um, and Peggy are fixed. And Emil used to actually get the arse with me a lot because (laughs) if you ever hear me on the radio or anyone knows me personally, if I have to be somewhere, I think similar to tonight, if I have to be somewhere for, say, 8 o'clock, I get there about two, three minutes past 8. So what I'm trying to say is every morning... Emil, mine O'Neill will be like, where's fucking Emil? Where's Heskett? Where is it? <laughs> Not out on the training pitches. It's because I got in to, to work late and I'm cleaning his boots last second. And you know where you have to put the dubbing on back in them days and make them really gleaming and nice? That's what a lot of the other um, apprentices did. Emil's were just still like wet with, you know, like wet mud all over them. And I just run them out to him. And he, he used to be really serious though and like, listen, this is not good enough. Like, you've got to do the boots better than this. Whereas me and Peggy just used to have bands up. Peggy, Peggy just used well, to... Peggy never played though, really, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <a bit different. laughs> 
Yeah. Well, no, he, he, he's a good lad, Emil. We're good friends now, yeah. actually. Yeah, he's, uh, he's working at the club again now, isn't he? He's part of the, uh, the, the women's team. Uh, we won't speak about the women's team too much today because I had a bit of a rough one yesterday, uh, to say the least. Aidan, yeah. I'll move on to you. Uh, Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon's right, number 11 on the list. 2001, sold to Celtic for 7.76 million. Tom? Going to go Islam Slimani. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Islam Slimani is on the list, but he's on the list oh, yeah. as a loan. New, Newcastle paid £2 million for him for a loan for that half a season. And, and I think he played about twice. <laughs> Value for money. <laughs> Steve, back over to you. You did well. Um, uh, only Turkish international at the time. My first one, Muzzy, is it? I'll go for it, I think. No, you, you've barked up the wrong tree there, Steve. We'd have paid, really? I think, less than half a million quid for him. You're out. Oh, no. First out. Yeah. I had loads of others That's... as well. I should have gone with them. Oh, it's safe then. A bit, little story about Muzzy, is it? I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast before, but I was quite a young lad when we played um, Sheffield United in 1996. And it was the, the game where all the fans went after Martin O'Neill and tried to get rid of him because we'd had a poor time. And uh, Julian Watson and Muzzy Isidit made the debut that day. And Steve told me that Julian Watson would be all right because he'd heard of him, but he'd never heard of this Muzzy Isidit fella and he'd probably be gone in a few months' time. <laughs> That's not the first time you've told that story on this. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep telling it, mate. I'll keep telling it. <laughs> Harry, over to you. What's, did you see over a certain value? Yeah, well, the, I said top 25. The value of the 25th is only 1.8 million. Okay, Mark Draper. Mark Draper's right. Yeah, we sold him to yeah. Aston Villa for 4.4 4 million. I should, have, I should have said that. I had him as well, yeah. yeah you're still good saying that now, Steve. You're out. <laughs> Back to you. Um, Julian Jochin. Correct. Just need oh, to find man, him on my list. 20, 24 on the list. 1.9 million. Just released a book as well, I think. Um, with, uh, with Matt Mann, who's been on the show a few times. Aiden, back to you. You look really serious, Aiden. You're right. Um, stress, stress me out. Just stress me out. Um, ooh, I'll go for Gareth McCauley as a Northern Irishman. No, he left on a free transfer uh, after, we got, after we got relegated. He went to Ipswich, I think. Didn't he? Uh, he scored an own goal against Wolves the last day of the season, didn't he? 2007, 2006, seven season. Yeah, I was there. I was there. Uh, so Mad Piper. It's not a competition. I was there, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Long time loyal fan. No, I know. <laughs> you didn't really Back start going until 15, 16, though. Ah, oh, get away. That get was away. it. Oh, Tom. Um, I'm going to go Adrian Silva. No. No. Left on a free transfer. Oh, it's yeah. not, not on the list. You're out. <laughs> 
So we've just got the two people left now. Buzz, is it you? You and Matt, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm trying to you figure out which one would be. I've got quite a list here. I think I might, I might, I might pip here. Matt. I'm going to go Steve Guppy. No. <laughs> no. Cement the win for us then, Matt. Um, do you know what? I'm I am struggling, and this is a little. This seems really corny, but I'm going to say me. Can I say me? Yeah, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pleased that you did. Sorry. If you if you did not said you and lost, that'd have been a disaster. Uh, you're number fourteen on the list. So the list in full is Harry Maguire. Hey, I'll get. I've got some more. See if I've got any of these. Right. We've got some more. Yeah. Yeah. Go, on, go for it. So I had I had Joe Chim and Draper, but I also had Vincente Abora. Is he on there? Correct. Yeah. Number ten. M- Musa. Yeah. Oh, number, uh, I should have gone with these. <laughs> I, I also had Stan, Stan Collymore. No. Um, Robbie Savage. No. No. You're just going to make this the longest show ever, aren't yeah. you? I've got a few too. I've got a few too. Danny Ward, surely. Who? Ward. Danny Ward. He still plays still with us. <laughs> those that are listening Barry has uh, left the show uh, let me go through the remainder of the list so we had uh, Ahmed Musa quite rightly Jeffrey Schlupp sold for 12 million Andre Kramerich uh, David Nugent went to Middlesbrough for 5 million Tom Lawrence Gary Rowett Ron Robert Zeeler we got 3.6 million pounds for Chris Wood to, to Leeds always forget that Chris Wood plays for yeah, Leeds he was yeah. politicals at one stage uh, Rashid Gazelle David Connolly, Matt Mills, Richie Delat went to Aston Villa for just over £2 million. Uh, and Damari Gray was the other one on the list that no one got oh. £1.8 million. Thanks yeah. for that, guys. Right. Listen, just before we finish off tonight, let's talk about what the uh, formation and, and who's going to be playing on Saturday is going to be for us. Aidan, I'll start with you for that. Who's going to come in? Obviously, we've got almost an embarrassment of riches now compared to where we were a few weeks ago, especially at the back. Who's, who's your back four for a start for me? Mm. Well, the word, the word is here that um, Johnny Evans started on Friday night away to Luxembourg, um, but he's not uh, originally, or you know, remains to be seen tomorrow, but he, he's not going to feature, officially he's not going to feature tomorrow against Hungary. Um, so I think that's maybe if there's a conversation that's going on with Brendan Rodgers behind the scenes of, of making sure that he's ready for some sort of role at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, I think against Brentford, we started with Soyuncu and Amarte. Um, Justin and Castagna so I think your fullbacks probably stay the same um, especially with Castagna's goal um, beyond that Telemans and Mendy we had centre mid Madison Dewsbury Hall and Barnes and Ian Acho up front um, does that change does, it, does any of that change do you drop Amarte and bring Evans in or do you stick with stick with that back pair two pairing of Amarte and Sionshu no surely not Surely not. Matt, what do you think? Surely Fafana's back in. Is he after a, a good rest? And maybe Johnny Evans as well. Maybe our, our first choice centre-back pairing finally gets a, a run out. Yeah, I mean, I'd like it. But what, what you think is, you know, he's managing both their minutes, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so he said that, you know, reintegrating those two back into the squad is going to manage their minutes. Um, and I don't know if he'd bring them both back in at the same time. I mean, they're our best two centre-backs, I think. 
Um, I like Soyun Chu. He's had a bit of an up and down season, and Daniel Lamarty's come in and done really well. So I'm kind of with Aiden. I don't know if he'll stick with that Soyun Chu and Lamarty um, pairing, and, and if he doesn't, I do think he'll stay with one of them guys and bring it either Fafana or Evans in. I think the fullbacks will remain the same. I think the midfield picks itself at the minute, especially after the last game. I think Mendy came in, did really well. Dewsbury Hall won't lose his place, top player, um, and he'll play Tillemans. And then Madison, Barnes and Ian Acho, I think. And I think that team can get the job done at Old Trafford. Who were your fullback? Sorry, Matt. What did you say at fullback? Castagna left and yeah. James, Justin, James Justin on the right. Mm. Yeah. I'd go with that. Drop I, I'd have Fafano and Sionchu to start, I think, and maybe <laughs> Me bring too. Big Me Dan too. on later on when Fafano <laughs> gets tired. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of tempted to see what it would look like to up front, but then you lose your wingers, I think, because you end up with five at the back or three at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would just make that change. I think for us, this game's won on pace, Tom, uh, down there, down both flanks, and I think that's why yeah. you want. I, I, this could sound really harsh, but maybe Castagna sits this one out and uh, and Ricardo and and Justin start the game. What do you think to that? I think that's a fair point. Yeah, um, you know, I'm a I'm a big Ricardo fan. Um, he's he's not always been brilliant defending recently but um, and obviously he's been a bit plagued by injuries as, as half the squad has um, but you know after seeing Castagna's goal the other day do you really want to leave him out? It was a peach wasn't it? An absolute yeah, peach lovely. to the top corner yeah <laughs> he'd been right behind that How was so, he the rest again? So you wouldn't leave like, him t- 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 the peach how was he the rest again? Uh, I thought he did okay I thought he was he was solid enough. It's difficult, isn't it, when you come back from a long-term injury? Uh, I, I thought that the game sort of petered out a little bit in the second half from, from our point, but we did enough to to win it, and he was he was a decent part of that. Is that is that fair? Would you say, Matt? I think so. I like Sanyol. I, I do. I, I like his energy. I like um, he's sort of one of them guys that has that mentality, sort of the the kind of all Brighton mentality. You know what you're going to get. Mm. From not going to give up he's he's going to keep running he must be he's another one of them guys that I think would be a nightmare to play against he's all over you and even if you get past him he's back at you um and he's got quality when he when he's got the ball as well so I really like him um I think he's in my Leicester's best 11 I think right um especially at the minute um Ricardo is my favorite fullback at the club and it's just whether I think we've seen glimpses of, of him starting to get back to that pre-injury Ricardo because that guy, for me, was one of probably the best fullback in the league, and that's not with blue tinted glasses on. I thought he was that good. Mm. Um, yeah, he was. Is, is, there, is there an option to because like realistically, the, the only way Man United can hurt you is down the left. So could they put Ricardo? On the right, of, and, t- and, and take one of the mid three out. Like maybe it could, sounds hard on Mendy, but drop Mendy and, and play. He could play Ricardo on. The, he could play Ricardo on the wing in front of. Uh, that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. That's, yeah. um, not Castagna in front of Justin. Sorry. Yeah, 
I don't think it's too safe either. I think it's um, because they can overlap each other. Like they both they both know their roles. Uh, for me, if, for yeah. me, that's that's probably what I do. But like it seems harsh trapping Mendy, but Mendy would probably be the one that would have to be sacrificed for that. Yeah. Final sort of question to you guys tonight, then, and I'll start with you, Matt, uh, on this. Who's been your player of the season so far? Because we ran a, an online Twitter poll uh, of this, and I'll tell you afterwards who our uh, who our audience thought thought were. Um, but who has it been for you? Um, oh, that's a difficult one. I bet a Marty won it on the. I was hoping that. I absolutely love Daniel. He's like. Just court hero, isn't he? Now that's where where he's at for, for me. I mean, I mean, he's not generally. I mean, when everyone's fit, he won't play. I don't think. Not, yeah, he's not a first eleven player, but he's one of them guys that seems happy to be on the fringes. And when he's called upon, he gives you everything. And he has got quality. I think you know he really needs to drill himself down a position. He's quite one of them utility guys. You can play him. You know, he came to the club as a centre midfielder. I think moved into a right-back position. Mm. can play left of the three and now, you know, right of the two. So, I like him. Um, if I was pushed, I'd probably say KDH. I know he's not played too much, but a youngster coming into that side and doing what he's done. Um, yeah, I think I think Keenan Jewsby Hall for me. Aidan, how about for you? Um, I'd have to agree for, for where he's come from and for the progress that he's made this season, Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Um, certainly the form that James Madison's shown at the minute, um, had he shown that for the whole season, well, we probably wouldn't have, would be a few places higher than we are. Um, but on, on form at the moment, Madison, but for the whole season, yeah, the, that progress that Dewsbury Hall has made, he's been really fantastic and an exciting one for the future. So he's my man. Tom? Yeah, I've, I've got to go Jewsbury Hall as well. Um, I think, you know, it, he's, he's the name that you want to see on the team sheet. He's, uh, he's the guy that's always looking for the forward pass. Uh, he's, he's moving into space and, and trying to get the ball forward when perhaps sometimes we've been playing some side-to-side football. Um, and he's, he's quite happy to get back, do some defending. You can rely on him. He's out there and he runs... He runs for days, basically, doesn't he? When he's when he's there and puts in great slide tackles. Trails all year. Yeah, Steve, how about for you? Who's your player of the season so far? Well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, if you look at the normal guard, Casper was uh, had his ropey moments early in the season. He's done really well of late. I think um, he's back to his best. Um, there's, we haven't had a regular centre half apart from Cags, and he's had some really poor games. Fullbacks have been in and out and changed around. Uh, Wilf and Yuri haven't been their usual consistent selves, I don't think. Um, Vardy's missed a lot of games. So, for me, uh, probably between Madison and KDH, and I might just give it to Madison, I think, even though he had a poor start to the season. Finally, Barry, how about for you? Uh, Tillemans, I think. Um... Yeah, I'm obviously joking. It would be, yeah, between K- <laughs> uh, KDH or maybe Schmeichel for me. Uh, actually, I, I'd probably go Schmeichel. I think he, he has had a rookie games, but I think overall he's probably saved you more points than his cost you, for sure. Yeah, the uh, the winner of that poll on, on Twitter was actually KDH, uh, marginally. 
um, beating James Madison to it, which was which was great. Just wish someone had told you boys about him at the beginning of the season when no one else was talking <laughs> oh, about him. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I started the KDH Love Affair. Uh, but no, listen, we're, we're Leicestershire boys, aren't we, Tom, Steve? Uh, and it's great to see one of and Matt, great to see one of our own coming through. Um, but that's about all we've got time for. So, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, that's your appearance for this year. I won't try and bother you again for the rest of the year, I promise you. Uh, but maybe next season, what do you think? Listen, I always enjoy coming on, honestly, and I'll come on any time you want me to. Well, bear that in mind. We're all together next month. We've got a, a few beers around the Villa game, so we're, we're getting together. So if you're free for that, I've already said to Owen, you'll have to come and have a drink with us or something after the game. It'd be great to catch up. Blue Blue Bar's gone now, though, hasn't it? Has it yeah. Gone? I don't know. I don't know. Absolute shambles. But we'll sort, we'll sort something out. But it's been great to have you back on with us, as ever. We love hearing your voice on the radio. We love one of ours uh, coming good, and you're certainly doing that. So thanks for joining us again tonight, Matt. But that's it. That's another episode of It's 11 at 7 for Jamie Vardy. We hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll speak to you again next time. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.